2: The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg
3: Page 323 So, Al Rebbe is focusing on the advantage of mitzvahs why mitzvahs are the actual performance of the mitzvah is so great and superior to everything else. So in addition to the points that we learned till now, he's adding another point, another major point. But O in addition. Until now, he explained that the clarification, the elevation of the sparks, this is the whole purpose of creation that we should elevate the sparks and of the physical. But you would think that the soul, for the soul itself, the soul itself, the prayer and the meditation and the love and the reflection, the conscious connection with Hashem is on a loftier level than the deed, the action, just like within a soul. The emotions and the uh, soul is much deeper than the action, which is very external, and superficial to the soul. So you can say, yes, that's the purpose of creation, the deed, the action. But for the soul itself, the soul, the love and the meditation is loftier and a much higher level than the deed, the action. Al Rebbe is now going to say it's not so. The action, the deed is loftier and a much higher level than the love and the uh, awe that the soul experiences. How is that possible? How can you say that the action, the deed is greater. The sparks in the deed, in the action, in the physical are greater than that soul experience, the earth shattering, soulful experience. So that's what he's going to explain now.
0: The Alpha Rebbe will now state that beyond the above discussed superior quality of its vote, requiring action as well as the study of the laws, they are also essentially superior to the source of the soul by virtue of their source. Thus the love and awe experienced by the soul, through spiritual in nature, pale in comparison with these mitzvot, even though they are performed with physical entities, not only because these mitzvot and the the extraction of the sparks accomplish thereby our ultimate purpose of creation, but essence, too, they are superior to the source of the soul. As for the truth, is that the purification and buried sira and siya of the 288 sparks of Tahu, by means of the Torah and its vote that man fulfills in thought, speech, and deed, are superior in their source to the Nefesh, Ruach, and Chama of the man that possesses the love and fear of Hashem. Would they derive from the divine name? Sag, Sag. 63. Of the internal aspect of Adam Kadmon.
3: So he's saying basically the name of Hashem, Yud Kevafkei. When you spell it out, you spell out, when you write out the Yud, the way it sounds. Yud is spelled, so the different ways of spelling. Yud is always spelled the same. Yud, Vav, Dalet. Which is numerical value of 20. Yud is 10, Vav is 6, Dalet is 4. So Yud. But the v- Hey, Vav, Hey, you have different, four different variations of spelling it. And which comes uh, con- comes up? There's different totals: either 45, 52, 63, or 72. If all of them are spelled with yud, hey yud, vav yud vav, hey yud. So hey yud is 15. You have it twice. That's 30. Plus 20. That's 50. Vav yud vav is ten plus six plus six is twenty two. So it's fifty plus twenty two. That's seventy two. That's the maximum. That's the greatest name of Hashem. Seventy two. That's the highest level. Then you have sag. Yud is yud vav daled. That never changes. That's not a variable. Hey, hey is hey yud, and the other hey is also hey yud. Each one 15 together is combined is thirty. Thirty. See so yeah, have fifty. Vav is Vav Alavov. That's six plus six plus one. That's thirteen. That's fifty plus thirteen is sixty-three. So that's what he calls shame sag. The name Sag, the name of Hashem's name, the way it's spelled out, which comes to a total of sixty-three. Then you have Ma. Ma is the smallest, the lowest total. That's if you spell it with an Aleph. Yud is always the same. Yud, Vav, dalet 20. He, Aleph, 6. Another He, Aleph is 6. It's 12. It's 32. And then Vav, Aleph, Vav, is 13. So 32 plus 13 is 45. So those are, those are the two names that he's focusing on here, Ma and Sag. And these different names represent different worlds. There's The world that the Kabbalists call the world of chaos, that's the name Sag. Then you have the world of mending, which is the world of emanation, that's a lower world. That comes after the world of chaos. The world of chaos precedes the world of mending because the lights, the energies are much more intense. And that's why it, it ended up in chaos, because there was a bursting, a shattering of the vessels, because it was too intense. Versus the world of mending has very broad vessels, but the lights are diminished, and therefore it's able to contain the lights, and that's the world of mending. And it's up to the world of mending to, to mend the chaos, to collect the sparks, the shattered vessels, to reconnect them back to the source. So he says that the the physical, the physical is rooted in its source, is rooted in a much higher level. It's rooted in the primordial man, it's rooted in the name Sag, which is the world of chaos. Versus the neshama the Shama is rooted in, in the divine emanation, the world of the divine emanation, the world of atzillus, which is the world of mending, which is the lowest level. The world of Ma, which originates in the, in the forehead, so to speak. The forehead, nothing grows from the forehead, and the forehead is blocked. So you have, let's say, the nose... Or the ear, so it's able to enter to the inside, from the outside. It's a connection, the inside to the outside, or the mouth. So you have the breath from the inside comes out into the outside. The nose, the ears, but here, the forehead is just the bone, the skull. There's nothing here. There's nothing that comes out from the inside. So all that comes out is just external, very external, very superficial. It's not from the inner. It's not from the inner. Versus the mouth, you get something that comes from the inner. Yes, it says if a person, his face lights up, you know, if he's, if he's learning something fascinating, his face lights up, you know. But the, But the forehead, there's no real revelation from the inside it's a blockage it's nothing coming from the inside so the world of ma the world of tikkun the world of mending is rooted in the forehead versus the world of of uh, chaos which is from the name sag which is 63 that's much more internal that's much deeper so yes Practically, it has fallen much lower, but at the root, it's much greater. This is a very Kabbalistic concept. Whatever comes at the end is really rooted at the beginning. It comes from a much higher place. And the Kabbalists use the analogy when a wall falls down. The highest part of the wall falls farthest away from the wall. The lowest part of the wall falls very near. So it means it's the lowest. The fact that it has fallen so low, the energy and the sparks have become coarsened and crass. And this is what animates the physical, the material, and means that the energy comes from a much, much greater place, a much deeper place. That's what he says, that the root and the source of the physical is much deeper than the soul itself. Because the soul, yes, the soul is very close to its source. It's spiritual. Even in this world, the soul is spiritual. The soul feels Hashem. feels feelings of love, feelings of awe. So it's much closer to its source. It hasn't fallen too far. So, But it means it's rooted in a very low level. It's rooted in the lowest level of Hashem's name. Versus the energy and the physical, which have fallen so far, are rooted much deeper and much higher, uh, the higher level of Hashem's name, uh, two steps higher, which is the name SAG. So while the Nefesh Ruach and
0: Shama that has already been corrected to the Divine Name Ma issues from the forehead of, of uh, Don HaTman, um, the mere reflection of it, but not of its The Divine Name SAG and Ma are two of the four names that echo the varying numerical values which result and the names of the four letters that, compr- that comprise the name of ayah are spelled out in any of the four different ways. For example, one possible spelling entails the repeated use of the letter vav, while another possible spelling entails repeated use of the letter Allah. And the even names of the four letters yud and he and vav and he are written out with the full complement of the letter vav, the numerical equivalent of the letters used, total 63, Hence the divine name Sag when, the writ- when it is written with the full complement of the letter Allah. The numerical equivalent of the letters used holds 45, hence the divine name Ma. The Kabbalah explains how the name Sag is related to the world of O, while the name of Ma is related to the world of Tikkun, which is inferior to it. The Alt Rebbe is, is thus stating here that the purification of the action-related mitzvot find their source in the divine name. Sag that derives from the internal aspect of Adam Kadmon, the primal divine thought of creation that encompasses all subsequent stages and levels of creation. In contrast, since the souls of the Jews derive from the world of Tikkun, uh, correction, the Nefesh or Ruach of Neshama is of the level at which it was already corrected by means of the divine name Ma. And this name is but a limer that from the forehead of Adam Hence, it's written, before a king ruled over the children of Israel.
3: So here he's going back the end of Parshas of Ayishlah. He lists the kings of Edom, the eight kings of Edom, and he says they ruled before the very first king of the Jewish people. Before Shaul, Edom already had eight kings. And the Kabbalah explains, because that whole passage is very cryptic, and there's many things that make no sense. Some kings he mentions their father's name, some kings he doesn't. Or the Kabbalah explains the Torah is not a history book. Torah is not here to give us the history of the kings of Edom, surely not. Torah is here, he's talking about something very mystical, very divine, very deep. He's talking about the world of chaos, the world of chaos which preceded the world of mending, the Jewish people, the Jewish kings, the Jewish people are, represent and are rooted in the world of mending, the world of Atsilas. The whole point and purpose of Torah and mitzvot is to mend this world, take a broken world, a shattered world, and to fix it and to correct it and to restore it. And that's because we come from the world of f- f- mending, therefore we, have, we are empowered do this restoration. But the the world of, of chaos proceeds is much more intense and comes from a much deeper place than the world of of um, of mending. That's what it means. They came, ruled before means they come from a much higher level. And because they come from such a high level, that's why they ended up falling so low into the kings of Edom, into the into the lowest. While the Torah is also speaking literally, but it's also hinting at a much, much deeper, and that explains all, every detail of those p'sukim could only be explained based on this idea. And the Torah is speaking about the kings, physical kings, but he's really hinting at the physical kings. What he's really describing, really talking about are the root and the source of these kings. The root and the source, the world of, of chaos.
2: Hence it is written, Before a king ruled over the children of Israel, the verse reads thus, these are the kings who ruled in the land of Edom before a king ruled over the children of Israel. The Kabbalah understands these kings as a reference to the sefirot of the world of Toru who reigned before on a superior level to a king who ruled over the Jews, i.e. the world of Tikkun, which is the source of their souls. For the world of whom is merely a glimmer of Adam Kadmon, while Tohu, from whence divide the exiled sparks and their purification, stems from the divine name Sag, which is rooted in the internal level of Adam Kadmon.
3: He was referring to the king, the kings of, of Edom, refers to the world of chaos, which comes from a much uh, higher level of Hashem's name, of the name Sad. Okay, and this understanding and this idea, insight, helps us understand something that's very puzzling. Continue, for this reason.
2: For this reason, man is sustained by food of the inorganic, vegetative, and living classes, and purifies them by the Ma within him. Since the soul derives from the world of tukun and incorporates the divine name Ma, it is thereby able to extract and purify the sparks found within the inorganic, vegetative, and living classes, and lived through them. Having refined these sparks that are found within the inorganic, vegetative, and living classes, and having drawn divine energy upon them from their lofty source in total, man, in, in turn, is then invigorated by them with an additional measure of spiritual vitality.
3: So, Think about it, it makes no sense. Why are we dependent on a lower life form to give us life? Firstly you can't give what you don't have. Eating something dead, how could it give you life? But we are superior. Man is superior. We're higher up on the totem pole. So why should we be dependent on animal life, on organic life, inorganic, to live. Without that we die. We don't have we can't sustain ourselves. And if you're going to say it's not, of course, how can something dead give you life? It's not. They're not dead. They have the divine energy that's creating them. We also have a divine energy that's creating us. One of the ten utterances, let there be men. So why isn't the utterance, let there be men, enough to give us vitality, to give us life? Why do we need the utterance that says, let there be vegetation? Let there be uh, animal life. Why do we need that energy to keep us going, to keep us alive? And also, we find something very interesting, which is you have a hierarchy, right? You have inorganic life, organic, animal life, human life. Now, in the brachot, in the blessing, we also have a hierarchy. What's the most important bracha? Uh, Hamozi. Hamozi is from organic. Uh, from something that, have from, from, yeah, organic life, vegetative life. You take wheat, or barley, or oats, or rye, and you uh, turn it spelt, and you turn it into flour, and then you bake, bake bread, and you have a maizu. What else are very special blessings? What are the hierarchy? Hagofed. You take a fruit, you take a grape, and you crush it, you squeeze it, or you uh, ferment it. And it turns into wine or grape juice. You make a agafen, you have something very, very special. You drink olive oil, very special. Seven species or any fruits, you make a special blessing, ha'etz, vegetable, Adam. What do you make when you eat an animal? Eat flesh, meat? Shahako. That's the lowest of all the blessings. If you have in front of you a shahakal, hadama, dama, a etz, that comes first, before the shahakal. There's a hierarchy in blessings. So it makes no sense. Animal life is much more precious, is much higher, much higher form of life, much more evolved form of life. Why am I making a shahakal an animal life? And I'm making ha'etz and ha'adamah and special blessings, mizonot. Or ha'gafen. Uh, uh, Ha'maitzi. On a lower form of life. Makes no sense. But without, with this Kabbalistic understanding, it makes, it makes all the sense in the world. Because just like the very fact, what do I need to eat? Why, do, why am I dependent on something in a lower form of life to sustain my life? And the answer is because the divine energy that's creating the tree and the grass and the animal is much higher, comes from a much deeper place, is much, much more deeply rooted than the divine energy that's creating me, creating my soul, because my soul is only from the world of, of mending. The name of Hashem, that's 45, the lowest total of, of Hashem's name. Versus the other forms of existence, the other forms of life, the inorganic, organic, and, and, uh, and the animal life are rooted in the world of chaos. And from the name of Hashem, that's 63. It's a total of 63. So it's a much higher form of life. So the energy within these physical objects are much greater than the energy within man. And that's why, in order to sustain my life, we are dependent on eating and internalizing these energies. This is what energizes us. So therefore, the lower something is, the more deeply rooted it is. So yes, hierarchically, the animal life is superior to the organic life, just like we are superior to the animal life. But from a deeper point of view, at the root, at the source, it's the exact opposite. It's the inverse. The higher something is, the lower it falls. So the organic, the hamaytzi, the bari the dharma, it takes precedence. Because when you're making a blessing, it's all about extracting and reconnecting the spark to its source. It's a much deeper source. That's why that blessing takes precedence. That's why bread is so much more fulfilling and satisfying. Because it comes from a much deeper root, a much much deeper source. And that's why the blessing is much more uh, valuable and takes precedence. Because it reflects, the blessing reflects what's really going on, the inner dynamic. The inner dynamic is the exact opposite of the way it appears superficially. Without this explanation, the whole thing makes no sense. Why are we eating in the first place? Why are we so dependent? The blessings make no sense, the, the order of the blessings, what's going on here? The piece of meat should be the first, the highest form of blessing. And yet it's the bread that has the highest form. The organic, the fruits, the vegetables. Okay, because, continue, because they derive...
2: Because they derive from stag, is it not paradoxical that man, who is so far superior to the inorganic, vegetative, and living classes, should derive his sustenance from them. The teachings of Hasidus find the answer in the verse, not on bread alone does a man live, but on all that comes forth from God's mouth does a man live. It is not the physical, vegetative bread alone that sustains man, but the creative divine adherence that is found within the bread. However, since man is provided with his ongoing existence by his own creative divine adherence, visual, let us make man, why does he need to be, by the creative word, sustains vegetative growth, or, for that matter, the inorganic and classes of existence? The answer lies in the fact that the creative adherence that animates bread derives from a loftier s- the world of Tohu than the source of the creative adherence that animates men, the world of tohu. In terms of the divine name, Sag transcends Mark.
3: So that's one point, a very powerful point, that he's making, that the, the, the spark in the action, in the material matter with which we're doing the mitzvah is loftier and much more powerful, much more intense, much greater than the energy within the soul. So the soul's energy, you're praying, you're meditating, you're feeling, you're experiencing, you're, you're flying high, the, the deepest, most intense, most earth-shattering spiritual experience may have doesn't hold a candle to the energy that's found in the physical when you Take this physical matter and you're doing a mitzvah with it. You're holding the lulav and the asrik, you're eating the matzah, you're putting on the tefillin, you're giving the tzedakah the energy because they come from a much deeper source, from a much higher name of Hashem, much loftier name of Hashem. And therefore, we must concentrate on the mitzvah. That's where the mitzvah takes uh, superior, the mitzvah takes precedence over the davening and the prayer you have to stop everything and do the mitzvah, because it's only through the mitzvah that I can touch such a deep place which I cannot touch with my soul alone. But that's one another, another point or another powerful point. and now he's going to add another point, another very, very, very powerful point, explaining the superiority of the mitzvah.
0: Furthermore, there's yet another reason as to why action-related mitzvot are loftier than the soul's love fear of Hashem, as it is written. My face, my inmost dimension, my view, as implied by the word hanim, shall not be seen. This means that the inwardness of a truly higher degree cannot descend below in a revealed manner, but only the external aspect and the hinder part, which are the shades of the supreme wisdom. Thus, the love and the awe by which man connects with the supernal attributes of the god, which are the innermost essence of the and not draw down into the soul the innermost essence of these attributes, but merely their external aspects. The action-related mitzvot, by contrast, derived from the netzah khod yusod, the external and revelatory aspect of the shirod, this low level can descend below in its essential and inward state and action-related mitzvot. He says
3: that, yeah, on one hand, the Hashem says, you can't see my face. Moshe was the ultimate prophet. At best, at the most, he can see, like, he sees Hashem's back fill in the back of the fill, Hashem took down his talus and he saw the kesher shall fill in the knot in Hashem's fill in the head fill in the back. So the the higher level cannot really descend below. Only the external, the superficial. So wisdom, the wisdom that we have, the Torah that we have is called Nivelis chachm. Nivelis means like the, the leaves that fall down, the most external, superficial part, that's the only part that could be revealed. You know, like a teacher shearing his wisdom. So the teacher can only shear the surface of his wisdom. He can't really shear the essence of his wisdom. It's way beyond the capacity of the student. He's just shearing the external part of the, of the wisdom. Versus when you do the mitzvah, the, the active mitzvah, which come from the lower part, but you're getting the essence of, of that. That, Hashem Kudshir, is very essence. In, uh, so when you do the mitzvah, you're connecting to the inner, it's, it's, it's the, the essence of that level. Versus when you're studying Torah, you're just getting the external external part of the wisdom. That's the only part that could be revealed. Its inner essence is beyond our grasp. We can't truly, um, can't truly connect with it. But when you do the mitzvah, yes, the mitzvah is active and the mitzvah comes from the revealed part, which is the more external, but you're getting the essence of that level. That's one level. But now, Dr. Rebbe is going to add a very, very profound point. And he's he's, he's going to turn the whole thing on its head. Another point.
0: Another point in which the material action are superior to the love and
3: awe So now he's going to say, basically, in essence, that when it says, Upon I all, my face cannot be seen, it's not saying something. He's not saying something negative, that my face can't be seen. What he's actually saying is that the only way to reveal the essence, the innermost essence, is only in the most external level. So when you say that you're getting something external, really you're getting the innermost essence. Versus when you're getting something very lofty, really only getting the surface. And what's the analogy? The analogy is, the human analogy says like the difference between two different types of transmission a teacher student relationship, the teacher is transmitting to the student, is transmitting wisdom, versus a parent child relationship. The parent is transmitting to the child, creating the child, transmitting of himself to create the child. One transmission is lofty, a spiritual. teacher is teaching wisdom. What's he giving his student? Ideas. It's not, it's not, it's not any, anything tangible. He's transmitting ideas, lofty ideas, abstract ideas, exciting ideas, but it's nothing physical. It's an idea. So he's transmitting something very spiritual. Versus the parent is transmitting, in creation of the child, the parent is transmitting something physical. You know, the semen, he's he's transmitting something, something very, very physical. And yet, which transmission is the greater transmission? Which transmission is a much more a core and a central transmission. It's the physical transmission. Because in the, in the spiritual transmission, you're transmitting something very lofty, an idea, concept. But it's very external, it's very superficial. Because that transmission doesn't have the power to create anything, to give birth to anything. You're just shaping the mind of the student. If the student has no mind, if he walks into the classroom without a mind, <laughs> the teacher is wasting his time. <laughs> all the transmissions in the world, and all the teachings in the world, doesn't go right over his head. As they say in Yiddish, there's a Yiddish expression, "A <laughs> kop He can't put a head on someone's shoulder. You know, either he has it or he doesn't have it. If the student comes to the classroom with a head on his shoulder, the teacher could shape his head, show him how to think, could excite him, could interest him, could engage him, could so the fact that the transmission is lofty and spiritual is precisely because the transmission is very limited and because it's very limited it comes across in a very high level but it's a very superficial transmission he's not transmitting his own essence he's just transmitting a thought that he has and therefore that transmission doesn't give birth doesn't go any further doesn't give, any, doesn't give birth can't create anything Versus when a parent wants to transmit his essence. Your child is your essence. You're giving him the head. You're creating the head. (laughs) You're putting your head on his shoulder. You're giving him a shoulder. You're giving him a head. You're giving him everything that you have. Not only everything that you have, even your potential, even that potential that you've never developed you give to your child. Many times children exceed their parents. Everything they get is from their parents, including the... Talents and abilities that succeed their parents. But where do they get it from? They got it from the parents. But it may have been dormant in the parent. And the child takes it and runs with it and exceeds it, and, and everything they get is from the parents. So in that transmission, you're giving your essence. And that physical transmission, you So why is it physical? Precisely. Because the essence is so deep, it's so profound, it's so core and essential that it cannot be transmitted spiritually. The only way it could be transmitted is physical. It's like the Talmud says even in a spiritual transmission. That uh, one of the Tandayim said that I saw the back. I think Rabbi said I saw the back of Rabbi Meir. I would have seen his face. I would have been even wiser. Because there's some things It's not enough, if it's just an idea, if I'm listening to an idea, why do I have to see the Rebbe altogether? I can just sit and listen to it. Online? Why do you have to see? Because there's certain things that can only be given over physically. You know, when you're trying to convey a concept, the teacher is conveying the concept on a level the student understands, but the teacher is also conveying a concept that he, that engages him, that he... Understanding in depth, but he can't transmit all of that depth. It's just too limited. The language is just too limited to convey. Uh, the language that the student can understand is just too limited. But this teacher could convey it with the twitch of his nose, or, or the way you know, with a, with a sign of his hands. There are certain things that you could only hint at. You can't even convey it in words because it's so deep and it's so profound. The only way you can convey it is with a, with, a, with a hint or with an ex facial expression. So it's very important to see the face, to see... It's not because there's so much more that's being conveyed than I than captured in words. Words can only capture the surface. But if you want to convey the depth, that you can only convey in the facial expression, in the, in the, in the, in the hints, in the movements which you can only capture by physically looking and watching the face. So it's precisely something that's so profound cannot be conveyed in a spiritual way. It can only be conveyed in an external way, what seems to be external and superficial. So when the verse says, Hashem says, you can't see my face, it's not. Because what I'm, so I'm going to give you something external, superficial. On the contrary, Hashem said what Hashem is saying in this interpretation, a very profound interpretation, a much different interpretation than the classical interpretation. What Hashem is saying that since I am giving you my essence, it cannot be transmitted in the spiritual way, it can only be transmitted in the physical. Because the mitzvah is rooted in such a deep place, it's rooted in Hashem's essence. That's why the only way to express it is in the mitzvah, something physical. Not because it's external or superficial. It's just action. Action is external and superficial. Comparison to intellect, to, to emotions. No, on the contrary. Emotions and intellect, that's superficial. That's why I can access it spiritually, intellectually, and emotionally, and meditation. But the mitzvah, which comes from the true essence, the only way to access it, the only way to touch it is, you can't see its face. Only it, it must it be expressed in the back, something external superficial. Not because it's superficial, on the contrary, because it's so core, it's so essential, the only way to touch it is, to transmit it is by way of the physical. And that also explains why the Jew is much greater than the angel. Like we just read in the Shabbos. The spies came back and said, we met the angels, the fallen angels. that were sent down from heaven. We became completely corrupted. And they corrupted the whole world. And they survived the flood. Because they said, angels are superior to man. And Hashem said, no, I'm going to prove to you that man is superior to angels. Because angels couldn't handle the temptations of this world. Hashem sent these pure angels into this world and they became fallen angels. But man is able to handle the temptations of this world. How can you say that we're superior to angels? We're physical. Physical beings. We eat, we drink, we sleep. We're physical beings. We respond to physicality. We relate to everything that this world has to offer. Money, power, fame. All the external, superficial indulgences of this world. And It's a struggle for us. It's a tremendous struggle and conflict. To choose uh, love over lust, to choose uh, joy over, over fun, to choose uh, uh, cravings over hunger, it's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous struggle for us. How can you say we're superior to angels? That's the question the angels had. The angels argued that they're <coughs> superior to men. And therefore they argued the Torah should be given to them. And the answer is no, we are superior to angels. But we're physical, precisely. You know why we are physical? Because the transmission that Hashem transmits to the Jew comes from Hashem's essence. The essence can only be transmitted in a physical form. Just like the parent. The parent who's giving of his essence. The only way that could be transmitted is in a physical form, in the drop, in the physical form. And that's what creates. And that's what cre- the miracle of creation. That has the power to create. Versus the spiritual transmission doesn't have the power to create anything. And because it's f- spiritual, that's the sign that it's very limited. It's a very limited transmission. It's a superficial transmission. That's why it could be in such a lofty level, in such a high level, because it's very superficial. <coughs> so the angels come from the surface, the superficial aspect of Hashem. The Jew comes from the internal aspect. It's an internal transmission. It comes from the very core and essence of Hashem. And that's why it's physical. So, the same as with the mitzvah. Yes, the Torah is very spiritual, the Torah is intellectual. Prayer is very meditational, very spiritual. But it's the physical, it's the mitzvah, which appears to be the most external, superficial. But that is the essence, that is the highest, the deepest. And this, that's why it, the only way to express it is in the physical. When you physically do the mitzvah, shake the lulav the ass, and the asu, put on mitzvah, give the tzedakah, eat the matzah, that's when. That's the only way, that means you're touching the essence. It comes from the deepest place. So that's what the Torah means. You can't see my face. Because it's too deep. If it's such a deep, such an essential transmission of Hashem cannot be transmitted by way of face on a high level, what appears to be a high level, a spiritual look. It can only be expressed from the back. Seemingly the most external, superficial, the physical, the action. But that... External superficial is the deepest transmission. Touches the core. Touches the essence. Just like the physical transmission of the parent comes from the essence of the parent. While the teacher, the most brilliant teacher, the most loftiest ideas is very external and superficial. And the angels. The angels come from a very external superficial level. But the human being, the Jew in this world, oof, that's the essence. That's that's the real deal <laughs> and that's why we're physical and that's why we're human. It, it turns everything upside down, the exact opposite of the way it appears to be. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it changes your whole perspective, how to truly look at and understand understand what's really going on.
1: Another point in which the mitzvot requiring action are superior to the love and awe experienced by the soul. The Altar Rebbe will now explain that since love and fear are essentially spiritual in nature, they resemble the mere glimmer and not the essence of the Master's own intellectual illumination that he imparts to his disciple. In contrast, a physical seminal drop capable of creating a child imparts the entire essence. So much so, in fact, that it is possible for the power of the child to outshine the power of his father so that gifts dormant within the father can become manifest in the child. The Alter Rebbe will now use this analogy to explain the difference between love and awe, which are spiritual, and the action-related mitzvot, that are, which are physical. Love and awe are illuminations, <coughs> ropes, like the illuminations of intellect, while the practical mitzvot are vessels, kelim, that give forth the essence, similar to the physical drop that gives forth the entire essence of its source for verbalizing any phrase of the supreme wisdom does not procreate. Imparting wisdom does not create any being ex nihilo. Whereas the drop drawn from the vessel of the supreme wisdom, like the drop that derived from the father's brain, has the power to procreate and bring about existence ex nihilo. Also a flow of the supreme wisdom, an illumination which is paralleled by a person's capacity for wisdom, is incorporated within it, i.e., within the drop that derives from the vessel of supernal wisdom. The reason is that into it, there is drawn the essence and nature of the supreme wisdom. All the above refers to the drop that derives from the vessels of wisdom. This is not the case with thought and speech, where the intellect they draw forth does not possess the essence of the original wisdom. Even an intellectual conception in any field of wisdom though this is a rarefied level of conceptualization, transcending even the subtle articulation sketched by letters of thought. Nevertheless, this wisdom is a mere reflection that extends from the essence of intellect in the soul. Then, too, this reflection is a mere garment for the very essence of the intellect. And the intellect, in turn, is but a reflection and garment for the essence of the soul. In contrast, there is also drawn into the drop something of the very essence of the soul, which is clothed within the brain. Hence, it begets offspring precisely similar to itself, to the soul itself.
3: So he says, so when you give an idea, so the idea is just a reflection of your capacity to understand, and your capacity to understand is just a reflection of the soul. So you're not getting the essence of the soul itself. You're just getting a reflection of a reflection. And therefore, you're limited. The only way you can impart it is, the only way you can transmit it is by way of words, concepts, an idea. So it's limited and it can't create anything and it can't give birth to anything. So it's very, it's very limited. You know, marriages are made in heaven but there are no marriages in heaven. Angels don't have the power to create. They simply don't have the power. It's very limited. Yes, it's spiritual, it's lofty, it's, 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 but it's limited, it's external. It's, it's a reflection of a reflection. It's superficial. But the drop, the physical transmission, the parent is transmitting his very essence. Not only a reflection of the intellect, it's a reflection of the soul, his very soul. He's giving his essence, his essence, a piece of himself. And it has the power to create. And the child that he creates also has the power to create. Forever and ever. For all eternity. So you're giving, you're giving a piece of your essence. That's why children inherit their parents, because children are their parents. Even a day-old baby inherits everything, because they are their parents. That's why we think like our parents, because we are their parents. A stranger, the best friend, is, is still a, a separate human being. Because we come from the essence of our parents, there's no one in the world who can understand our parents like we can, because we are our parents. So we, we think exactly like them, we know exactly what they're thinking, like no one else because we, we are them, really. It's, we are a direct transmission from their essence. They create our essence. It's, it's, it's the same gene, DNA that just goes like a replica, a replica an independent separate, but still it's, it's the same DNA that continues and will continue forever and ever if the children so so choose. So this is, this is the... Um, the power of the physical. Only in the physical do you get the very essence. Here we continue. Uh, hence it begets.
2: He hence it begets he offspring precisely similar to the soul itself. This is the difference between the divine service of angels, which are born of the spiritual fist, and hence the divine service is likewise spiritual, and that of souls which issue from the vessels that contain an element of the essence and which thus resemble the tangible product of the seminal drop which incorporates the entire essence of its source. According to the above, however, it would seem that within the love and awe of souls as well, there should be an element of essence. Whereas we learned above that the love and awe of souls are likened to the mere reflection and not the essence of his own illumination, which a master imparts to his disciple.
3: Basically saying, so you, if you're saying that the difference between the Jew and the angel, that the angels are like the transmission of a, pa- of a teacher to a student, which is an external transmission, a superficial transmission. But the Jew, the neshama, is a transmission from like a parent to a child, which is a core, central transmission. That every part of the neshama essence. Including the love of the and the awe of the neshama, and the meditational experience of the neshama, the deep spiritual stirrings of the soul of a Jew, is essence in comparison to the angel. And here he's trying to point out, he's comparing the doing of the mitzvah versus the prayer and the meditation, the soul-stirring experience of the neshama. So he's saying, yes, in comparison to the angel, the Jewish neshama is essence. But just like the distinction between the angels and the souls, so too within the soul itself, the distinction between the action of the soul, which is the most tangible and physical and external and seemingly superficial, versus the deep soul-stirring uh, stirrings of the soul, is also like the same difference. This comes from the more, the loftier something is, it means it comes from the more external level, superficial level, versus the tangible, the physical, the external, that comes from the, the essence. So in comparison, the, the, the yes, the prayer of a Jewish soul is, but the action of a Jewish soul, that's the true essence. That's when, you, that's when you're touching the true essence of Hashem, when you do the physical action material, physical, tangible. Altarevi anticipates.
0: The Altarevi anticipates this query by explaining that since the vessels of Atsilut become a shama, Tidariu, Itsira, and Asir and Asiya, there are therefore two forms of issue from the soul itself. One is a radiation, which is intellectual love and fear, and the other is an essence is an issue of essence that finds expression in action related mitzvot. its vote. But the vessels of Atsili become the soul of Beria, Yitzhira, and Asiya, and from this soul emanate two manners of issue. Therefore, intellectual love and awe are comparable to the angels that issue from the spiritual kiss, which radiates only the external aspect of Chabad, Chochmah, and Da'at, as three intel- in, intellective spherot, the Beria, Yitzhira, and Asiya. Though it derives from the vessels of Atzilut, it is still not of the degree of essence. The reason is that the innermost dimension of Chabad and the essential nature of the indwelling Light or Nimi cannot be revealed except through the radiance of the vessels that descend below, as does the seminal drop of man issuing from the brain. As it's written, "My face, my innermost dimension, shall not be seen; not being manifest, it must." Therefore, descend in a concealed manner, similar to the draw.
3: That's what he means. He's saying a which is a very novel and innovative and uh, very profound and true explanation. Hashem says, Upon not the panilayiro. You can't see my face. He's saying upanay. How do you touch my face? How do you reach my face? Lo not by seeing it, but by doing." My action, the, from the back, that's the way you touch my innermost being, not he's, he's saying you can't see my face, Moshe said, can I see your face, Hashem said, no you can't, and Hashem is rejecting his plea, says, sorry you can't, here he's saying no, he's answering Moshe think Upana, you want to reach me, you want to reach my innermost part, my, inner, my core, my essence, how are you going to reach it not by seeing it that's superficial what you're able to see what you're able to feel what you're able to experience the soul stirrings the intellect the ideas the awareness the meditation that's superficial that's where you'll never be able to touch me you want to touch me you see my back because that's where my essence is found because it's essence the only way it can be transmitted is through the back through the touch through the physical through the external See, Moshe, so Hashem wasn't rejecting his plea, he was answering him. He was explaining to him how he's going to touch his, his innermost part. And to understand, and this was an eye opener for Moshe. We always thought that what you can see, the spiritual, the prophecy, what you can see and experience, that's the highest level. The back, the external, superficial, that's external, superficial, it's action. Hashem says, no. Revealed to me it's the exact opposite. Because it's so essential and core, it can't be transmitted in a direct way. It can only be transmitted through the physical. Just like how, how do you explain that the child, I mean, you have to understand, you know, the, the, the semen of the father is just it's just a manifestation. In that seed, you have the whole parent. Everything of the parent is in that seed. Everything is there. All his talents, his abilities, his conscious, his subconscious, his core, his essence. And it has the ability to create. That's why children don't have the ability, don't have the maturity. Before they reach Barabbas Mitzvah, they don't have the maturity. They don't have the to create. So that ability... It, it's, it's, it's a brain power. It comes from the, the core and essence of the brain, of a mature brain, which manifests itself in a physical form. But it's a manifestation of, of, of the deepest place inside of you. And that's why in Judaism it's treated so sacredly. You know, society completely doesn't value it. You know, to them, it's like it's like a chicken soup. You know, sexuality, chicken soup. Have a cup of coke. Yeah. Completely misunderstanding of of the depth. I mean, the Rambam says most illnesses. He says comes from excessive sexuality. People don't realize it because every time, because you're giving your essence. You you're, you're transmitting your essence. You're exhausting, depleting your essence. You're depleting yourself. It's not. It's not. Every time you 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 know. That's why the Torah is against uh, um, masturbation and against uh, um, you know doing it in vain because every time you're depleting yourself, it's, it, 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 it come, it's a transmission that comes from your essence. You're giving the essence of yourself. It's not something superficial and external. People have no understanding. So yes, it takes a physical form, but it's a manifestation. You have the power to create. That, that, comes from, that comes from the deepest place. So That's what Hashem is telling Moshe. He's answering Moshe. I'm granting you your wish, but I'm explaining to you. <laughs> you want to touch my innermost part, my core, my essence? You're not going to get it by the level you can see. The level you can see, you can't see. It's too It's too deep. The only way I can transmit my essence is when it comes out in the most physical form and superficially I don't see the connection. This is a physical drop of salmon. You're telling me that this is, a, this is the essence of a person is here. Is transmitted in this physical transmission? Yes. Yes. Versus when you're teaching and it's lofty and it's an idea and it's... A, that's superficial. That's external. That's a reflection of a reflection, a reflection of your intellect, which is a reflection of your soul. That's all it is. But your soul itself... That you'll find in that physical transmission, your very coreness, and that's why it has the power to create. So I mean, it's unbelievable the way he explains. I don't think you're going to find this anywhere. <laughs> a profound explanation of what Hashem is telling Moshe, how He's answering Moshe, and He's explaining to Moshe, and opening Moshe's eyes, and He's answering his question. He's giving him his request. That this, ta- this essential transmission can be in a way that you can experience directly. It can only come down. It can only manifest itself in a tangible way, which is the mitzvah. When you do the mitzvah, that's why Moshe pleaded to go into the land of Israel. Prophecy. The greatest prophet that ever lived, the highest level of prophecy is nothing. In comparison to holding the lulah of an and shaking the lulah of an aesthetic. The greatest, most mystical experience, the higher levels of consciousness, the most supernal experience you can imagine is nothing in comparison to putting on the tvil, giving the tzadok, eating the matzah, doing the mitzvah, the physical mitzvah. Because that's the transmission of Hashem himself. That you're touching my innermost, Hashem says you're touching my innermost core, my innermost essence. Now you do a mitzvah. Wow, mitzvah! What an opportunity! Not a burden, obligation. It's a privilege. It's a gift. It's it's, it's Hashem is giving of Himself. He's giving of His essence. He's allowing us to touch His essence, touching the divine. That's the power of a mitzvah.
0: The Rebbe was able to do all that right
1: in a very uh, small radius. Never traveled to Israel. Or was it infrequent that he traveled
3: to the never, 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 never traveled to Israel. Sh- do all this
1: through the
3: mitzvahs, right? the community. Well, this Shabbos is, is, the, Shabbos is ever the outside, but the Rebbe launched the uh, the 10 point mitzvah campaign, getting trying to get every Jew in the world to do a mitzvah together and do an extra mitzvah, from lighting the candles to putting a mezuzah up, to keeping kosher, to putting on the tefillin. So the Rebbe launched millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of mitzvahs and giving tzedakah every Sunday, encouraging people to give tzedakah in the th- thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, acts of tzedakah, millions points of million points of light of mitzvot all over the world. Five thousand chabad houses, and every chabad house reaching, trying to reach every Jew in their community to do mitzvot, to do another mitzvah, another mitzvah, another mitzvah. So the Rebbe single-handedly launched uh, the greatest mitzvah campaign (laughs) in Jewish history, trying to get as many Jews as possible to do at least one mitzvah, starting with one mitzvah, which leads to another mitzvah, whatever it is, putting on tefillin one time in their life, lighting a candle, whatever. So the power of mitzvahs, the Rebbe would always say, quote, the ethics of our fathers, the action is what matters most. You know, the Rebbe was the greatest Torah scholar, We always say, action, the bottom line is, action is what matters most, the deed. Uh, Learning now, this Tanya, learning this essay, all the points we learned so far, we're not done. Next time we meet, the plot victims, he's going to add another point. We just learned a few points already about how special a mitzvah is, the deed, that's superior to prayer and superior to Torah, the action is the deed, it's what matters most. It's the essence, it's the core, it's what it's all about, it's the deed that's what differentiates Judaism from all other, other religions, which is all about the love and the philosophy and the meditation. In and and Judaism, it's the action that matters most. It's the deed. We live in the world of action. Action is the most important thing. And now he's explaining why. He's lighting a fire on you. Once you learn this and you understand all of this, action is the greatest thing. You do it with passion. You do it with excitement. You understand how, how precious it is. We're touching the divine, literally touching the divine, and we do the mitzvah. This class is part
0: of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.